Okay. So today is Vov, Ador, Chlal, and when you have two others, you have to think about which, which, which day, which month is connected to which individual, which connected to which person. But over here, we have one other, so everything goes. But today I want to speak about Reb Michal, Reb Michal Teitelboim. Reb Michal Teitelboim, um, as far as we knew him, he was the founder of Aholi Torah. So for me and Avram David, for, uh, in particular, we owe our whole lives, obviously, to Remchol. Remchol, Remchol started all Torah. Nothing else. This, this is a this is a result of the Fabrengen. So this, if you want, to, we'll start from the end of the story. So I said there was a Fabrengen Simchas Torah Tavshin Tezvav. Okay, so Tavshin Tezvav, you have to realize, is 1954. This is Simchas Torah 1954, right in the beginning of the Rebbe's Nesius. And the Rebbe, the Rebbe says during the Fabrengen that he, he, has a, he has a very strong desire that there should be an establishment of the yeshiva in America that is Altaris HaKadosh. What's Altaris HaKadosh? Altaris HaKadosh means that in this yeshiva there is no secular studies whatsoever, which now becomes a whole kerfuffle about uh, all kinds of all kinds of uh, legal issues of people, attacks, and all kinds of different things, there should be no, it should be completely devoted to Limud HaKadosh 100%. Yossi. That means that there's no studying of even what we would call potted subjects. That means there's no studying of, of mathematics. Mathematics is potter. What's wrong with mathematics is mathematics, is numbers. There should be no studying of English. When I say English, English obviously exists on different levels. There should be no studying of English, there's no, there should be no studying of anything whatsoever except for Limude Kaidish um, the entire day. And you have to understand Remchol, whose entire life at this point, how old is Remchol in Tavshin Tezvav? In Tavshin Tezvav, he was born in, 19, uh, in 1911. So in 1911 he was born, now we're in 1954. How old is this man? Yeah? See, he doesn't know math. He didn't even go to the He doesn't know math. By the way, this is one of those tiny. This has nothing to do with math. This much has to do with uh, no. If someone's born in 1911 and he's in 1954, so he's yeah, so he's a 43-year-old. He's already an older man, Batson. Um, and he, his whole life, was involved in yeshivas. He, from aside from his, aside from his being in um, a student. A bachar who's going from yeshiva to yeshiva, one yeshiva closes, and the yeshiva opens, running, coming, going, and then already as a as a as a as as a older bachar, it was decided that it was better. It was it was it was more um, it was more um, it was safer for bacharim to be to be at the helm to run yeshivas. So in in, in Russia, yes. Yeah, so in Russia, they decided that they're not going to have married people run the yeshivas because it was pasha dangerous because those people could, the people the people have a lot more to lose and they could their families could lose them forever so instead of that they had bacharim run the yeshivas the bacharim therefore were the menial the bacher was the mashkiach the bacher was the guy that this in the end so he already as a bacher already had it was in the position of running yeshivas so he was running he was running he was in yeshivas running yeshivas his whole life but over here he's standing by this fabrengen he was standing by this fabrengen on simchas and he hears the Rebbe make this uh, plea. The Rebbe is calling for this yeshiva to open up. And um, 
without any calculations, today we would consider that we could not today, we would consider him to be a massively irresponsible individual for, for taking on a project like this. He's no shaykhs, he's no, no idea where the money's coming from, how it's coming from, them and his company. said, I, uh, some, uh, some, some years ago, um, when uh, Rabbi Yitzhi Horowitz, so Rabbi Yitzhi Horowitz was leaving his Shlichus post in Temecula, California. So um, he had asked me at that time, he asked me and my wife if we want to go and replace him to, to take him, take his Makam Shlichus. So... Do you? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we had, we spent, we spent uh, some time together, we got very close. I was in his house, uh, babysit his children, and it was very gishmak. The kids are, um, so he tells, so he asks this, now obviously everything has to go through, uh, through one's wife, but so that's a separate story. That's, that's not the Indian that, we're gonna, that I'm gonna say, it's my son. My son was, he told me I had to speak to, I had to speak to the G'dayle uh, Hashluchim in California. To speak to the G'dayle Hashluchim, especially since Yitzhi's situation was was being, uh, you know, being overseen by a certain committee from different people. So there was one shliach that I that I was told to call, who's a shtickle grace macher, and he's a, he's a man, uh, uh, one of the he has fundraising capability, whatever it is. And uh, <laughs> so I, I I get him on the phone, whatever, and he tells me he's like he's like he's like listen, you understand? He's speaking to me very very intensely, very aggressively, like da 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 da. He said, listen. You know what I'm saying? Living in California, it's very expensive. You understand? It's, 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 it's a serious matter. I understand you're not living in LA, you're living in Temecula, it would be in Temecula, but, but what's your plan? What's your plan? What's your plan? What's your plan? He's screaming at me about plans. He's like, he doesn't know where he's, I, I'm like, what plan? This is up like, da -da 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 -da. we're going to Schlichters. What are you telling me about plans over here? What do you mean? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna invest ourselves in the Schlichters. We're gonna devote ourselves to this mission. We're going to be, we're going to be shluchim of the Rebbe, and the, the money will figure itself out. And no, 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 I can't, I can't sign off on that. I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, the committee can't agree to such a perspective, to such an approach. You could, you, well, so he says, no, he tells me, so that was one of the reasons that's like, no, no, no. He's like, also, then he starts asking me, who's your friend? I'm going to figure out who you are, like, because I was like off the grid, you know, I was a man off the grid. Wow, it's like off, off the grid kind of guy. So he says, who's your friends, who's your people, or who's your classmates, who's the shluchim that I know? I, I don't know, I couldn't even put, like, like I, well, I don't exist, you know, like a personally, like, you know, washed clean, like you don't have, a, you don't have an identity. And I put him, so that's one of the things that has to do with money. So Michal, they say, Michal was trying to apply for shlichas in California, in Tavshin Samachay, or whatever it is, Tavshin Ayin then uh, he would be told by the various elements, Reb Michal, go back home. You're not being a shliach of the Rebbe, why? Because you don't have a plan. So Rabbi Michal would not be a shliach today. So Baruch Hashem, Rabbi Michal was not born in the time, in that time, and he was born in the time that he was born. And Rabbi Michal, title by him, was able to be, was able to do what he was able to do, because there weren't people around him that, uh, that, had, uh, that, had, uh, that had opinions and had what to say about Dustin Yen. By the way, it's today's Indian. Today's, uh, today's uh, the, the artist from Rashag. So there's a, there's, a, there's a, I don't know if it's true, not true, it's an anecdote. Somebody once, uh, Rashag, who's all his older years, there's certain things that you forget. So one of the things you forget, sometimes I see here younger people also, you forget to zip up your zippers. The zippers, sometimes, sometimes there's, sometimes there's, uh, there's unraveled zippers that uh, make their way. So a guy, you know, walking around in Shulam 770, you know, especially if you're not, it's, it's enough committee. If you have tight pants, 
then pocket your zipper being open is not such a big deal because your pants are so tight anyway. Then, then anyway, everything, everything is whatever. It's, it's whatever. There's a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors that go into to, to the consideration. But if you have the baggy pants, then but then it could it could be a larger a larger opening. Alkafarim, I don't know. Not baggy, yeah, baggy. So somebody, somebody is, I don't know. I don't know if this is even the true way that this happened. But the story is told that somebody once commented that you know this uh, you know you forgot to forgot to close up shop in Mizrach. So he said, Ba'uns is out often. Ba'uns is out often. This is this is a, this is how the story. This is how I heard the story. Ba'uns is out often. So today, yeah. So, so today, uh, today's the day. Everything's open. Everything's open except for Akupanim. So this is, so this is Reb Mechol. We'll start at the yeshiva. And time, and now, um, it is, it is, it is. If you, if you take, especially if you take in consideration all of the, all of the um, divisions, Olatayra is the largest institution of education in Chabad. I don't know in comparison, what? No, no, no. Starting, if you start, start all the way from kindergarten and preschool and go all the way to Zal, the institution, the yeshiva, is, um, we're talking, I think in the, we're talking in the thousands, in the thousands of students, um, right? I mean, they have, they have the, the one building on Troy Avenue was for eighth grade. Right, and then they have the, uh, the they have in, uh, the new place from Sifta, and they have the Zal, and the Zal, uh, the Zal is probably what over four hundred buffered. And then you have uh, how many how many grades when you were in yeshiva when you were in yeshiva how many grades were in a class, or how many classes were in a grade? So you had four, and every class only had five, six, seven. I had three, you know. Okay, um, so I have a little, I have an interesting story myself. Not my, it's not a personal story, but I was, I was privy to it. So we used to daven mincha with the, with the elementary classes in the large, the large sanctuary in Olotera, which is now, is there still, is that still, is, is, is that the Zal? I mean, what is that? Is there still such a build? Is there still such a room? It used to be, a, used to be on, the, on, the, on the second floor of Olotera, not the second floor. You have the, wall, you have the ground level, and you have the second floor where the chasana hole is, right? Then you have the third floor where the lunchroom is. Then you have, what, this is what I know. You have the basement where the gym is. This is what I know. You have the basement where the gym is. You have the ground level where the office is. And there's some classrooms over there, the collar room with the dust. And, um, and then you have the chasna hall room, chasna hall floor. Then you have the um, lunchroom floor. And then, on, then you go up the steps, steps over there and you have the, the we used to, you have, so, so there used to be, I don't know, there's a, you know, so there's a, on the left, there was a mini zal, but then on the, on the right, if you come up the steps, on the, those big steps, and you come up to the right, there was a massive shul over there, huge shul, like with a, with a, with a stage, and there used to be like these flags over there, this big Arun Kodesh that was in that place. Huge, I mean, like, at least maybe for my, when I was a kid, uh, but I'm saying it was, it was still, Akopan, so, with benches, there were benches over there. Are there still benches there? That's the, that place still exists? I don't know why it would still exist, because I don't know, it was a waste of space. Bigger though. Okay. Is that, that, room's, that room is in that format now? Okay, I'm talking about a shul. I'm talking about a shul with benches, with wooden benches, old wooden benches, with a massive arcade with a stage. So we used to get a mincha over there. Rabbi Lustig's father used to lead the mincha, and he used to come up on the mic and say, 
residing great, unsaving, davening, mincha. He used to have like his mantra, how he's just, you know, ready for davening, mincha, blah, blah, So I remember, I don't know what grade it was, um, but it wasn't regular that a Mechol, a Mechol was still, Mechol was still around, but it wasn't regular that we saw Reb Mechol. Um, but this one time, um, Reb Mechol came to Mincha, came to the, towards the end of Mincha. Reb Mechol, we're looking at this, is, right? Reb Mechol, uh, he's the founder of the yeshiva, he's the Ziknei, Chassidim, you know. Um, he also had, he had a, uh, from my perspective, he had a look on him like he was like a little bit scary also. Um, and Mincha concluded, and... He said, I said, Oleinu, and he finished, and it was over. All of a sudden, I hear a commotion. I hear a commotion behind us, because he was like, the, we were sitting on the benches, and I think he was behind us with, with his with someone who was taking care of him, and he's, he starts to, he's, he's just like, he's very agitated, it looks like to me. Again, I'm mem remembering it from being from a childhood, and he's very nervous, very agitated, and he seems like, like, he's, like he's burning, like something's really, really bothering him. And... So I didn't know, again, I don't know, again, the memory is not so clear, but one thing is for sure, from that day on, Mincha concluded with Yechi Adineinu Mereinu V'Rabeinu V'Malach HaMashiach Le'Elobot. So there had been an individual or it had been a certain way of running things that Mincha just happened and Mincha concluded and lied to the And he came to that Mincha and he's like, how is it possible? So here we have a chassid who was born in Tafresh Ein Beis when the Rebbe Rashab was saying chassidus. Okay, he was a Balmasidus Nefesh and starts all the Torah without a dime in his pocket, right? And he'll devote himself to this for the rest of his life. And you have uh, certain elements where he's standing there at the end of Mincha for his yeshiva and he's like, the yeshiva, my bachr, my the Talmidim of this yeshiva are not ending Mincha with the proclamation of giving chayis to the Rebbe, how is that possible? Now, he didn't say it in these words, but him was just like, like the memory that I have was like, like all the, all the boys were looking back like, ooh, something really bad is happening. Like they called over the menial and like it was, the menial was getting chastised, big time, chastised, major chastisement. And I didn't know, I couldn't imagine what was the problem, and the problem was, I, how is it, you're in charge of this body, you're in charge of this entity over here, and we're, um, we, we're going about everything, the mincha's over, and it was clear what happened, because from that day on, mincha ended with hachrazam. This was the mechol. Don't tell anyone to tell me about Johnny come lately, People tell me about, oh, this is the Rashvi, this is uh, people who are Meshugoyim, Tzfatim, Echleis, Dostyans, Plags, uh, you know, this and that. This is Remechol, Remechol over here. Okay, you, 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 you know, who, had a, who had a better sense of, what, of what, what's up and what's down, what's right and what's left? So anyone wants to make tightness and lightness, and they do understand, they don't understand, that's how it is. Okay, we learn from the Chassidim before us, we learn from the Chassidim whose life was not their own life. And the is, I want to play this message that I got from uh, Anon. So this morning, or last night, when I, no, the people are still in the middle of something, so we're not gonna play it yet. We're gonna play it. at the end of Seder, we'll play it, we'll play it on the speaker. Um, so you know uh, Shalom Francis, all of you? Shalom Francis, his father's name is Anon Francis. When? When? Every year. This year? Yeah, you have to about an hour. 
Okay. Uh, brain so, so Rebbeinon Francis is a very special year. And the, the, the truth is, I, the, the, the few times that I had uh, the opportunity to speak with him is Mamish Kishmak. And you could see he's, um, he's, um, he's effervescent with, uh, with MS Yiddishkeit, Chassidishkeit. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, to me, it's a, it's, a, it's a big loss, a big loss for New Haven, amongst other things. Aye, aye, aye. Okay. So, um, so this morning I reached out to Rabbi Francis and I said, I remember that you forbrained once in Zal and you mentioned about your connection with Rabbi, Rabbi with Rabbi Michal. With Rabbi Michal, he was named after, um, I think it's his uncle. It's his uncle, uh, his great uncle, who was known as Rabbi Michal der Alter. You heard of this name, Rabbi Michal der Alter? Rabbi Michal der Alter's name is Rabbi Michal Bliner, one of the, mash, the early mashpim in Tom Chitmimim. Uh, it was very chassid already from the altar, chassid from the Tzemach Tzedek. And uh, apparently his mother had a dream where her uncle came to her, came to her and said that to, to, name, to name after him, the Mechol, the Mechol Bliner. Um, I think it's even a picture or some kind of, some kind of illustration. So I, I asked, I asked Reb Einan, I said, I know that you had a connection with Reb Mechol. I said, could you share with us some uh, insights, some anecdotes, some lessons? So we could uh, give over to the to the next generation. So that's one of the one of the things that we unfortunately we unfortunately lose if we don't transmit from one generation to the other. So everything is because especially that's why there's I have such an emphasis in my mind about uh, about learning about chassidim and learning about uh, especially chassidim who are who are just not too not too far removed from us to be able to continue them because people don't people's memories and people's lives and people's they don't continue just mitzadatsmoi. You have to do it. And if I, if, if in my generation, even though we're all part of it, and we're all part of the Rebbe generation, but within the Rebbe generation, we have different generations, right? So my generation is kind of a crossover. I'm, I'm in a kind of a crossover generation. I was born in 1985, right? So you can, make, you can do the math, even, though, even if you didn't learn math. From 1985, you realize that you guys were born in the, uh, you know, what? So 2006, 2007, so yeah. You guys are in a in a different generation, um, and so on. I'm definitely, yeah, I'm, I mean, definitely not. I'm definitely closer to you guys and the older Hasidim, but uh, at least I was able to see and I have. There's a certain sense of of continuity of being a bridge. I mean, I, I feel, like, especially recently, I started to feel this like this this kind of pressure almost of having to be a bridge because some there. You don't choose when you're born, but you, you have to realize the consequence of when you're born, right? Like I would love to be in, 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 uh, in, in Neville right now, or in, in, uh, in, in, in Homul, in Gomul, in Hadditch, and all those things, with, and, and, you know, and, and, and doing coolest in the mud. Um, but, but that's what I'm saying, is that there's one of the, I don't know if enough people in my generation feel this responsibility. I think a lot of times we feel like, well, we're, you know, we're, we were too young. What do we really know? We're born in 1985. That means in 1985 and 1990, you know, we were calm, calm little kids. We, we don't know. So we, there's a lot, of, a lot of reaction that we have internally that just like, eh, dismisses the obligation that maybe we should have. But I think there's a, man, a tremendous obligation about this. You know, especially if I learn you walk into a room and you see, you know, let's say, let's say I have like, I, I, let's say I'm sitting in a, uh, I, sitting with people my father's age. Right, or even your father's age. By the way, between your father and me, your father's not 50 yet, right? 
He's almost 50, right? So your father and me are 10 years apart. You understand what that means? I was by your father's bar mitzvah. Can you imagine? That's craziness. So, the, so I don't know if you, but, but your father's 10 years older than me, right? So, so there's like, you could always pass the buck. Like, oh, there's, there's other people that are more shy to this. You know, like my father's more shy to this. This people are more shy to this. People born in the, people born in the 70s, people born in the Lamids, people born in the Huffs. So this, but uh, it doesn't matter. You can't make excuses. Um, so I asked, uh, so I asked Rebbeinan to share. So Rebbeinan tells me this, and I definitely want to hear these kind of stories. You know, that's not about, you know, you have over here, there's a, 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 a relatively small erech. I mean, considering the, the erechim, and this is the Eitzar Hasidim, the blue one. Um, this is the Mashpi uh, Chabad in New York, even though it's not exactly like he lived his life in New York, but he, well, he did live most of his life. Tafshin Yudbeis, he came to America. There's only three pages on him over here, but either way. So he says that he got a phone call one day. Um, apparently he was home. He says he was on it. It was an off shop. It was in Marstown. So I asked him to explain. Maybe he was going to explain what, how, how the Michal got him in the first place to, to call him. Michal calls him up and says that Medarv Kefen a frigider. Even though your grandparents didn't say, there's no refrigerator. It's a frigider. You know, like frigidier? Like a refrigerator. So he calls him up, he says, I need your help to come with me. We're going to buy a refrigerator, a refrigerator for yeshiva. And he says, bring your tefillin. Right? And he meets him at a certain, he meets him at a certain spot. He meets him at a certain spot. He meets him at a certain, uh, at a certain uh, intersection, whatever. And uh, they're walking off. They go to a store. It's a used Used supplies in those used uh, appliances store. Baruch Hashem. He comes into the used appliances store and uh, there's a guy standing over there selling the appliances, the owner of the store. His name is Jimmy. But Michal, uh, he's, Jimmy sees Reb Michal. He says, oh, Reb Michal, it's so nice to see you. And he says, he says Jimmy, we need a refrigerator for the yeshiva. So uh, he says, okay. So, and when he says he needs a refrigerator for yeshiva, he starts to point to him, he says, okay, here's this, this is a refrigerator, here you have a refrigerator for $500, here you have a refrigerator for $600, here you have a refrigerator for $800, here you have a refrigerator for $500, $200, whatever, and he starts going around. The Mahal, the Mahal turns to, 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 to Rabbi Francis, and he tells Rabbi Francis, he says, Lake Twill, Lake, Lake Twill, so he's, he's talking too much, you know, put on Twillin on him, start, put on Twillin. So Einan, uh, you know, he gets the instructions, and right away he starts wrapping him tefillin. Starts wrapping him tefillin, he puts on the tefillin, and he says, as he's saying Shema Yisrael, as he's saying Shema Yisrael, this Jimmy turns to that Michal and says, you know what, Rabbi, I don't know if he calls him a Michal or Rabbi, you know what, Rabbi? They get it. Any refrigerator you want is free. <laughs> he says, Einan says, I don't know what happened over here. They were having a okay, he was coming in, he was selling refrigerators. He put on Tefillin, he says, Shema, there's no more refrigerators being sold. Now he's giving away refrigerators. But he tells him, says this, 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 like, you know, the magical, magical potion. But he tells him, he says, however, there's one thing, I, I, can't, I can't deliver it to you. You're going to have to get it delivered, however, by yourself. So he says, what do you mean? We need it, we need it before Shabbos in the yeshiva. <laughs> we need the refrigerator before Shabbos. So now he comes to him, he's getting a free refrigerator, he says, we need it before Shabbos. He says, I can't do it, I can't do it. Okay. So, uh, next, uh, next uh, miracle. 
Uh, he goes to, uh, he tells Anon, he says, go outside. You see these trucks? There's a lot of people, there's, there's truckers. He says, go ask the truckers that we need, we need them to deliver the refrigerator to Yeshiva. So he's sort of, Anon feels very uncomfortable. He's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. This is like, these guys are, you know, they're working. They're, they're, these are companies, of, these are different companies. He's, so he says, go, go. He goes to the first guy. He says, we need, the rabbi would like to know if you could deliver the refrigerator to Yeshiva. So the guy says, first guy says, no. Then guy says, no. Then guy says, he comes back. He says, everyone says, no. Okay. They said, no. So they went home and he says, next scene opens up in the play. <laughs> next scene opens up and the uh, Michal and his wife, Rebetzin, are standing by, you know, in the kitchen. And the uh, Michal turns to his wife. He says, do us Bobby's number? Do us Bobby's telephone? He's asking him now, first was Jimmy, now Bobby. He has his, I don't know, he has his people. He's Bobby. He's called a Bobby. He says, Bobby, we need the Bobby, I guess, had a truck or something. He knew a guy, Bobby. Called, we have a Bobby here also. He called a Bobby. Says, Bobby, we need the, the Bachrim, the refrigerator before Shabbos in the Yeshiva. The Bobby goes and delivers, the Bobby comes and delivers it. Delivers the, 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 the truck, delivers the, the refrigerator to Yeshiva before Shabbos. The, all of the years, this, what happened over here? What, what was, and, and, and Rebbeinan is saying how for him to be part of this, witnessing this story, he realized what, 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 how did this happen? He needs a refrigerator. So this is, this is like an embodiment of what we, what we hear about, what we learn in Chassidus, about all you have to do is make a keli. Like everyone gets involved, you know, you, you have to you plan, what's your business plans and ideas and, 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 and uh, you know, 10-year plans and 15-year plans and 40-year, long-term, short. You need a case that says, listen, Ebed Avram Anoifi, Ramachal was a walking, he was embodiment, he was a chassid, there was nothing, there was no metzies of this person. Not only that, he refused his entire life to take any salary from yeshiva. He was, an, he was not, he was, he was, he did it, who knows how he survived. Also, another thing that's a, and when he went, so he knew, he knew, he had to just, he had to just, uh, you know, like the, like the story, I think it was either said of the, the Balshem, or said of the, the, one of the elders, that the, 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 he made a pact with Hashem, that uh, he's going to, he's going to be, ta- he's going to be doing Hashem's work, and Hashem's going to have to take care of him. He's going to have to do the minimal. So like, for example, when he needed food, he used to go to knock on the door, and uh, so a guy comes to the door, and he realizes no one's there. You see, he's walking away, somebody. He says, you, is you the man that knocked on my door? He says, yeah, why did you knock on my door and walk away? He says, I made a deal with Hashem. I'm going to do the minimum amount that is necessary, is, and Hashem has to provide with me. Hashem has to provide me with what I need. Now, why he walked away, basically, he wanted to teach, he wanted to maybe teach this lesson. But the Machal was the, 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 you know, the vibe, if you will. The Machal's energy was such that it melted away any limitations, any restrictions, any hesitations any stumbling blocks that were there, and you see, you see the product, you see, we see what Old Torah is now. The Old Torah is Reb Mechol. Um, so this is, this is, uh, I think, an amazing thing to think about in terms of attitude, in, ter- in terms of an approach. We are, as Mechol, we are our own worst enemy, especially in terms of doing our shlichus, and in terms of the, the hindrances that we have, to realize, uh, to carry out what we need to do. And all comes from the fact that we push to think too much about ourselves. And the biggest gift that we have is push that we don't have to think about ourselves. It's all better, I told you, mindset with fundraising. Right? People, it's obviously very difficult to fundraise and this and that. But Lamosha, we had a story, I told you, the mindset with fundraising. It was a very miniature fundraising. 
even right now, I'm starting to have this fundraising campaign for Arya's Promise. So I don't care. I, I'm, I'm messaging people. It's 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 could be chutzpah, you could say. Like I'm telling, I'm sending them links and this and that. Most people I have a lot of people that are ignoring me. People that are you know very big him. But I'm sending them. It's like listen, look at this, consider it, help out, help out this program, help out this, help out this matzah. We need your help. The chassidim need your help. The bachim need your help. Whatever. So some people are. What? So yes, yeah, so, I mean ten thousand is uh, is what is it? One percent. <laughs> But now everything's gonna slow down. You see, the the ten thousand comes very came very came quickly because it was just introduced to people. Now I have to put the pedal on the metal. I have to I have to do the marketing. We have to we have to we have to get it out into the public. We have to. I also have to take it off. I have to take it off GoFundMe now. I have to take it take it off GoFundMe and just because GoFundMe is just a launching pad. GoFundMe is not is not the yeah. Um, So this is a a tremendous. A tremendous message of a of a of a person that we lived with and that we saw in action whose entire Metsias was called Kulay to be Mimali the Kavana of the Rebbe. Nothing else whatsoever. At Kedekach, it goes to the Maise where the where the Rebbe the Rebbe asked for people to give tzedakah. Remember what when was it? The Rebbe asked for people to give tzedakah. And um then when they were selling the psukim of, of Hakafas, Vata Reisa, that was sold for Merkaz Linyon Echino, Chamachin Yisrael. So, um, so there were people over there, there were Gevirim that, that, that gave over a message, Kaviyachal gave over a message to the Rebbe, they said, tell the Rebbe that we're ready to give whatever amount the Rebbe designates. Right? You, so you heard the audio, I think, when you heard the audio from Purim, that uh, the Rebbe is calling out people by name, David Deitch. You heard the, you heard the David Deitch audio? You heard the David Deitch audio? You heard it? The Rebbe says, David Deitch, send mal as I feel. I think that's it, right? David Deitch, send mal as I feel. So I think he gave, uh, I think he gave, I think he wrote probably uh, 10,000 or something. And the Rebbe said, 10, or maybe he wrote 100,000. So whatever number he wrote, the Rebbe said, the Rebbe said on the mic. The Rebbe said it in the public. The Rebbe, because the Rebbe prefaced, he said he's gonna, the Rebbe said that usually we don't do these kind of things. Usually we don't create this, we don't usually, I don't tell people what to do. The Rebbe by the Fabrengi was saying, usually I don't tell people what to do. But since it's the Yetzimina Klal and since it's whatever, so we're going to, we're gonna, we're gonna act in a way that's, that's, uh, that's different than the norm. So uh, the Rebbe said that people, people should write up the amount of number that they're, they're giving to the Rebbe. It's, the Rebbe was specifically speaking about a need for money to develop Krachabad. And the Rebbe said that people are going to send up the pledges, and uh, if if I if I feel that the pledge is the right amount, then I'm going to accept it. If not, I'm going to tell them how much they should give. Imagine, so people sent up the message. So this is on the audio you have. This is the, the Rebbe saying, David David I choose uh, the, the the father of uh, the model and uh, also that so David I sent up a number. Obviously, only he knew the number, but he sent up the number, and the Rebbe said on the mic, David Daich, ten times as much as you wrote. You can imagine, let's say you wrote 10,000, you give 100,000, you wrote 100,000, you give a million, whatever it is. So, and then he went and he took a loan, a loan that he couldn't cover, and then there was a concept that led to the whole miracle of, uh, of, of, of the story. So this Maisa goes over here, um, that when these Gvirim told the Rebbe by Simchas Teira that they're ready to give whatever number the Rebbe wants, so the Rebbe responded, the Rebbe says, Meine hasogis is asach merer vifuzei trachten. 
my asogas, which means my, uh, my amount that, uh, that, that I am expecting is much greater than what they think. And tell them that I'm not, I, I don't believe that they are ready to give according to my numbers, according to my estimation. Right? Um, so this was, uh, this was Zaf. Now, the story over here continues that after the terrible murders that happened, terrorist attack that happened in Krakabad, Tavshin Tezayin, so this was, this was the Maise that we're talking about, so the Rebbe, um, this is where the Rebbe said that he's going to look in at the numbers. The Rebbe says usually he doesn't look, usually he doesn't, he just, whatever you write is good. Um, so apparently the story goes, when the Rebbe looked at the Tzetlach that was sent in for how much people pledged, so there was one individual, I think, one person about whom the Rebbe said that who that he, his number that he wrote was according to what I intended for him. One person. One person. Now, how much could that, this person had no money, so you heard what's going on in his bank account. He had minus zero in his bank account. So, uh, you're gonna go and put him, you're gonna turn on a switch by putting him like this? It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. You can't go like that. You're not ready for that. You need gradual. What? Don't the can come. There's no morning. You're falling into these, these there's a morning, and there's a getting ready, there's an unraveling. It says, it says, uh, is Gaber Kari. Why does it say that? You have to wake up like a lion. The truth is, I don't know if it's true. You, you, in the National Geographic, when the lion wakes up, he's, he's, he's ready to go? What? So maybe you have to see. He's Gaber Kari. It doesn't say wake up like a lion. It says, he's Gaber Kari. If it says wake up like a lion, then maybe it's talking not right. When it says to Yisgaber Kari, when a lion gets into battle, things are crazy. You know, you saw those wild stuff. Especially when two male lions are fighting, you ever saw the scene? It's crazy. It's wild. It's fun. It's fun for who? Fun for the viewer. Fun for the viewer. Um, you ever got into a fight like when you didn't, you were youngest, so you don't get into these fights. See, when you're the youngest, one of the things that you lose out of life is fighting with your siblings. Shrach, shrach. I followed for the with You fought. You fought because you're, you're still within range. When I, this, I, the first time I saw fighting like on a serious scale, like between brothers, Battle of the Titans. Especially on this, this I came one day to Bubby's house, 612 Empire. I'm standing there on the porch and there's, there's, a, there's a snowstorm. They're shoveling the snow. So obviously, Bechlal, anytime sh um, snow shoveling is in play, it, it's, it's a cause for, for, for strife. It's a cause for, for problems. Because I'm shoveling, you're shoveling. No, I just did this part, you do that part. So I don't know what went on. I don't know, these two large mammals who are in their coats, so things got even more, it's more aggressive. We have those big, the big winter coats on, and there's like, boom, boom. It's like a sumo wrestling match. And they're fighting, and there's like, it's grabbing, shaking, boom, boom. I'm like, so my first reaction was like, wow, I'm so scared. Like, these are my uncles, look what they're doing. Like, Tati, Tati, help me, I'm gonna save me. And then I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. <laughs> so I went through like stages, you know, like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Call, call Hatsala, or like, call Zaidi, call, 
even though Lamshal Yazidi would walk down and go like this. Lane. No, Zaidi would just come down. There's a story they say about Zaidi that Zaidi was always driving and he had a van and he was pulling up like, like an East New York, so like somewhere like further down Eastern Parkway. And those days, it was like those days you pull up by a red light and like, uh, you know, Shiraz just like pummels you with a rock or just crazy stuff. So he was driving and he, the way he used to drive, he stabbed his like left arm out of the car like this. So he was like very cash, you know, like this. And he pulled up by a red light and he sees over here that there's a Shiraz who picks up, who picked up a rock. And he looked at him, he says, no, 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 or something like, don't do it, <laughs> don't do that. And the guy, one of the, one of the stories that, one of the stories that Moshe, Uncle Moshe says, is about Zaidi that, uh, that apparently he was once walking either with, I think maybe with one of the brothers, I don't know if it was one of the brothers or another friend of his, and his friend got like attacked by, 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 by Schwarzer. And I think he ran away because he was scared. And he, no, Maisha, one of his, Maisha, like one of, one of the, one of his 80 sons. And he told, he, he got, he says that was the biggest chilek he ever got in his life. See, do leave starvek ve l'shlok nochayit. You run away when another yid is being, when his man went through the Holocaust, right? So you run away when a yid is being attacked? Never. So that was, that was, that was the man, the man, the myth, the legend.